This week, Lammy, we are going into the world of UFOs, aliens, abductions. Have you been uh, abducted or seen aliens? Uh, I must walk around with my eyes closed. No. Not at all? Oh, not at all. Nothing. No abductions, no sightings. But no. I'm, I'm open to possibilities. You got abducted by a few lads back in the day on Fridays in Manchester. Wah, 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 wah. Like you do. <laughs> That's another story. So, yeah, we're going into the world of, uh, of UFOs. I had a strange ex- experience of my own over 20 years ago, but we won't go into that at the minute. What The reason we're doing this t- today particularly is because I do have an interest in this. Gene is open to it, aren't you? Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, and I've seen I've seen loads of like different documentaries about it. But nine times out of ten, these things seem to be about somebody in Middle America who's seen the crash UFO. They go on about Roswell every five minutes, and it's, it's pretty much they kind of regurgitate the same old stories. And when it comes to the UK, we hear the Rendlesham Forest incident all the time. But there's there's mm-hmm. more stuff out there. So uh, this week we've got a special guest who knows a lot about this. So without further ado. We have Leeds' own, although she lives in Liverpool now, <laughs> Sasha Christie. Hello, Sasha Christie. Hello, Sasha. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Are you all right? I'm good, yeah, good. Good, good. Any, any sightings oh, today? Or just, is, oh, you've had a normal day today, have you? Well, what's... Yeah, I've just been chilling, waiting for you to call, so, yeah, I didn't uh, want to tax myself too much. <laughs> well, I hope it's worth the, worth the wait. That's so, my yeah. excuse, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Why not? So, uh we, we've got in touch with you via my old mate Kelly Ollis, who worked with at Emmerdale back in the day. Uh, oh, lo- the lovely love Kelly. Because yeah. we, we all love Kelly, and you're a mate of hers. So, anyone, yeah. any mate of Kelly's, he's a mate of mine, mine hopefully. She's fab. Yeah, I love Kelly. She's an absolute legend. So, she's told me about your kind of experiences with UFOs, etc., which goes back a number of years. So, let's just delve straight into that straight away, really. So, just tell us a bit about yourself, just for a couple of minutes, and, you know, what sparked your interest in and experiences of the subject? And, and what you call yourself, what you would title yourself? Yeah. Me, I'm an experiencer and a UFO witness. Okay. I did used to call myself a researcher, but I, with UFOs, I was like, well, what can you really tell from the photographs and videos? You can't really um, tell a lot. So ufology itself is a little bit weird because everyone's running on other people's memories little tiny snippets of video and the odd photograph so there's not a lot you can glean from that so i like to talk to the people who've seen them and had other experiences because there's more information there and that was probably the way that we're going to find out what is actually going on is by talking to the people who've interacted with this phenomena yeah and i suppose because of video technology now and home editing systems and stuff it's hard to tell if those videos are real or not anyway, isn't it? So that makes total sense what you're trying to do. To the layperson, yeah. But there's a lot of people out there who actually disseminate these videos. They pull them apart and they show you how they've faked it and what. And unfortunately, 99% of what you see is uh, fake. Right, right. Okay. So how, how did that all start for you then, Sasha? Well, I already I did have an interest in it um, because when I was about 12, 13, we lived out in the middle of like, nowhere in North Yorkshire in a little village called Garthorpe. And um, one summer night, bringing some washing in with my mum, and she saw this light zipping around in the sky and it was kind of zooming around like a fly will fly underneath the lamp in your living room. You know, they do that weird zigzaggy thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was doing that. and. People were seeing it and calling into Viking radio and they were saying that they were seeing it as well. So that was the first kind of thing that I'd ever seen. Um, But I did remember having, when I was little, probably about seven or eight, playing outside my house, looking up and seeing an acorn in the sky, which I didn't really think anything of. Why would I? I was seven. Mm. But it kind of popped back in my head and I was like, oh, it probably wasn't an acorn. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, that kind, kind of, of like, first, that no. sounds like I saw some something in America. There's one over there, and there's this acorn-shaped UFO that was supposedly found. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, the Kecksburg thing. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, I think that was oh, a, a satellite, yeah, yeah. to be fair. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I think the uh, the witnesses got duped and they were shown photographs of something and they said, was this it? And, they all, and one of them at least said yes. And it was a Russian um, satellite. But, you know, who knows? These things are actually flying in the sky and I've seen them. So yeah. For know, me, I don't I'd... like to dismiss everything. <laughs> yeah. I just feel that it kind of breaks the laws of physics for something to move that fast. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't at all. Um, the, in 19... 57, I think it was, in Pearl Harbor, there was a display of um, five or seven little uh, anti-gravity um, craft that were being demonstrated to the Navy. Wow. So wow. we do have, and, that, and the propulsion systems um, are actually not as uh, difficult, the science isn't as difficult as you would imagine. So there's a lot of people out there who are talking about these anti-gravity um, propulsion systems, but you know, the science that we had in 1957 and how, you know, it's what, it's how many years now, 70. Yeah. Mm. After that, I mean, where are we with it? And it's all under wraps. I don't know. It does you make you think, think doesn't but... it, on the face of things that science has slowed <laughs> down too much. And so maybe mm-hmm. it hasn't. If man went I on the moon in, in 69 and then now we've not moved and they retired the shuttle yeah. yet rockets haven't got any back well they can land themselves yeah. now, supposedly surely yeah. we've moved on well i think so yeah i think you know, people talk about a secret space program and uh, you know i don't know if that's correct but i think something along those lines is going on and we will never know about it um it's just one of those things it is what it is i guess i'm just covering every kind of angle of people that say oh it's an optical illusion <clears throat> or it's something else yeah that's i think a lot of the stuff that but... we will see that's like high up in the sky i've seen lots of little tiny white lights zooming around and i do think that that's probably our technology like you know we have got aircraft we had the sr-71 blackbird that's been mothballed for over 20 years and that could fly out of the atmosphere and that was an airplane you know so yeah that, wow. well, you know, they've got technology. They've Mind got blowing. technology. Cause, cause really that, good to see it. <laughs> I, I, I told you briefly in our, our chat before the interview about the thing I saw in Manchester back in '98, and I tell some people yeah. now and they think I'm mad, but I know what I saw. It was the middle of the day. Uh, it was summer. I, I was outside. I'd not drank anything apart from maybe a cup of tea, and I was really chilled out, just in a, a really nice place. Life, life was good. I, I just sent something above me, and I looked above me. And there was this thing, 75 to 100 foot long, gunmetal grey, no lights, no sound, and it just shot mm. towards Manchester at some ridiculous speed. I went inside to tell my girlfriend at, at the time, Nicole, and, and, and she came out to look, and, and there, there was nothing there. Nothing to see, yeah. It's quite interesting, isn't it, that when you look at quotes from people that have seen things, that they all seem to parallel each other, that they're very similar, they have similar experiences, yeah. so why would... You know, why would people be seeing the same thing? You've got to kind of ask yourself that question. Mm, yeah, exactly. And I think Gina had a quote here that was just from when, when they supposedly closed the British investigation unit, the MOD. There was, oh, yeah, many, that was 2009 there? when, despite 626 sightings, the MOD shut down the desk and helpline for reporting any mysterious sightings, saying there was no evidence mm. of a threat, apparently, but clearly, yeah. you know, 620 sightings. But yeah. the thing is, they never actually investigated UFOs, and that's why there was no evidence of a threat. Right. <laughs> they didn't do any investigating. There's this myth that they were investigating, and, and they weren't, literally. It was somebody answering the phone, and you would say, um, I've seen a light, it was red, where was it? It was, I don't know, left, right, it was above my house. And these are the quote. this is literally written down verbatim. Yeah. Uh, they don't ask any questions. They just write down what you say, and that is the end of it. Well, I looked up the t- sort of top three places for sightings in the UK, and it was London, Kent, and Lancashire. Right. They said. So I mean, yeah, and, and mainly between ten and eleven o'clock at night. I, I've so. read that it's Yorkshire. And Yorkshire, and, yeah, there's uh, one in Yorkshire, yeah. I guess I wonder. If, yeah, Yorkshire. Well, that's what it said. Well, you know, I don't know, but yeah, and I know guess, they all say different. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, like Sasha's saying, these things we'll, we'll look at. It's, it's such a wide and open thing that you know I've often thought a, a lot of it will be military of some description. Is it time machines? Is it aliens? We don't know. But the, a lot of the things that you've been dealing with, Sasha, is that you, you, rather than just having what would be known as a close encounter or a close encounter of the third kind, I mean, to describe what you've had as a, a, of the fifth kind. Fourth and fifth, because one's in like close proximity, that's close encounters of the fourth kind. 
Yeah. That's the CE4 and your CE5 is actually interacting with said craft or occupants. Wow. So the close encounter um, with the fourth kind, is that is that one of the, is that one you had in Wales in 97? Would, would that be the fourth right, kind? That's right, yeah. Well, fourth and fifth possibly because there was something running around us. Something ran up behind me and bashed into me, like tugging my clothes. So something was running around, but I didn't actually lay eyes on whatever it was. So you so couldn't physically strictly, see it. you know, I can't say that it was an alien because I didn't actually see an alien. So I would just be filling in a gap there, you know, and I, it might not be true, but I can't imagine what else it something was. Because mm. But you've the seen... The only other animal around me was a sheep and they run away from people. So. <laughs> yeah. That'd be interesting, flying sheep. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> I've had enough. Yeah. Alien but, sheep. So th this one, when you told about this one, Sasha, th this was in Wales. You'd gone away with your boyfriend and the kids, it's his right, isn't it, back, back then, 97? Yeah, well, actually, it was um, a, a boyfriend at the time, Steve. Yeah. He, he, his uncle that had hired this cottage. And so he, um, Steve and his sister, Dania, they were going. Dania had a little boy. Um, because I was seeing Steve, I was going, and I had a little boy, so they had, a, you know, someone to play with. So yeah. it was basically four adults and two children, and um, we've been there like for the Friday, and then on the Saturday, uh, Steve was in the kitchen. I was upstairs. I was going to get a bath. Then I heard him shouting, and it sounded really urgent. So I I shot downstairs thinking, there's maybe the kids were fighting or something. They were actually playing and making a lot of noise being boys, you know? Mm. And uh, so when I got downstairs, I saw it wasn't them. And he was like sort of half in, half out of the kitchen telling me to go outside. So I went outside with him and he goes to this wall and we're looking over the valley that all it is is trees. And because it's been raining and just it stopped raining, but it was like thick cloud cover. So above us, the clouds were really low uh, because we were on top of a mountain um and they just stretched on for miles and steve was saying that he could see some lights in the diff in the distance but i couldn't mm -hmm. see them so he kind of pointed his finger and i put my my head against his arm so i was like looking down his finger to where it was and i saw this little flash and i said to him it's lightning he said it's not watch it so i kept watching and sure enough it came on again and then again and each time it came on it was in a slightly different place it was moving off to our right so we were like, oh my God, look at that. And it was just like a little flash, and then off, and then again, and repeated. And then it stopped moving. So I don't know, I think Steve must have run inside and got everyone out. So everyone was out and we were all watching this thing. And then it started getting bigger. And it was a weird like an illusion because it still seemed far away, but it was big. And we realized that it was actually moving towards us mm -hmm. and it had stopped moving off to our right and was coming in on the left to left on an angle and then it moved right on an angle then left on an angle and it kind of zigzagged like it was being driven with a joystick that didn't have any steering you know just like left right left right and forward yeah, yeah. and then um it's like in front of the house there was a field and it was full of sheep and all the sheep were lying down and they were completely silent that's not like sheep even at night, some of them are milling about and making the odd noise, especially if something's going on. Yeah. So this thing, it comes over the field, over the sheep, and it kind of just drifts towards us. Now, at the time, the kids were getting a little bit nervous. and that We were saying things like, oh, it's all right. It's just the lights from the farmer's tractor shining on the clouds and things like that, you know, like trying to calm them down. Yeah. yeah. But they were getting like... They were just getting nervous. They weren't like terrified and going, look, you know, can we go in or whatever? Were you scared um, at this point? No, not at all. This is the weird thing about it, right? Is that we were all out there and we were all kind of awestruck. John thought it was the Aurora Borealis and said so. And I just kind of laughed because I was like, what, in Wales through clouds? I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> you know, and then um, as we're all standing there, there was this really bright orange flash and it hit the side of the house and I saw it out of the corner of my eye. So I turned. Wow. And I look behind me and there's this sphere on the ground. So this sphere is probably about, I don't know, I can't, it's hard to judge the size of it. I reckon you could stand up in it and that would be about it, right, yeah. you know, to the top of my head. I'm about five foot five. So maybe a little bit bigger than that. Um, but it was behind a chicken wire fence and right under some trees. So how it got there, no idea. It was completely silent. And 
uh, we didn't see it coming or anything. There was no indication that anything was there until this stroke. And I said, oh, look, there's another one. And everyone turned and looked at it and they went, oh yeah, and then turned away from it. And this is behind us. And it's kind of like glowing, this gray light. It's right. like gray white light. Every other second, it was a slow pulse. It wasn't fast. The initial strobe was orange, but then it was like this gray, dull white light that was pulsing very slowly. Did you see anything inside was... the light? Or... No, we couldn't see anything. It, and all this mist was around it. It was like, I don't know if it was steam mist, if it was emitting some sort of fog or gas or whatever. I have no idea. But, mm. uh, you know, if it was like a temperature thing, I just don't know. But this this was like mist all around it. And um, so we continued to kind of look up at this thing. Dania is to my right. She's at a wall. Right on my left, there is a wall. And Dania stood on this little wall. It's probably about two feet high. Mm -hmm. And um, her face was completely blue. Even though the center of the light was absolutely brilliant white, her face was blue. Everything it touched went blue. So it looked like a huge circle of bright white light. Then around it, going outwards, um, were lines of light. So like, you know, like strip lights. So say seven or eight of them, and they were rotating and the rest of the thing you couldn't see this was the only bit that was poking out of the clouds but as it was coming towards us as it got to be kind of in the center uh from its zigzagging thing and as it like right in front of us coming towards us the light was rippling out through the clouds from this thing like it looked in between the like different densities of the cloud it looked like a jellyfish it was weird, like it had tendrils somehow, and so it was it translucent. Wasn't, it was just, and the great thing is, you've, you've not just seen it on your own; you've, you've all seen that. It's you've like, all witnessed it. Yeah, and 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 like it's like if you could shine a light through mashed potato, lumpy mash. Yeah. You'd see there were bits where the, it's thinner, so it was brighter. So it was, it was. It's hard to describe, but it just looked like a big, like um, lit up jellyfish coming towards us, with kind of pinks and green and white hues. Then when it was over us, um, there was Sounds like a like red light. Yeah. Oh, it was insane. Like when I was talking to Steve more recently, I said to him, "What? How big do you think it was?" And he said, "Well, when when we were looking at it, we had to look at like ten o'clock to two o'clock to see one end of it to the other. But this is the lights inside the cloud. And I've always said it was about sixty foot across." To the bit that was out of the clouds that was above us and he said i reckon about 60 feet so it was big um so you think that was so, some kind of craft ufo of of time yeah it was definitely any, a structured craft no form of life or anything or no life well, we know it, wouldn't it? you know i suppose it's like what life is only what we kind of presume life to be i guess I I, yeah i guess i just thought it, no i don't think it, no i don't think it was some sort of leviathan the living craft i just think it was you know um a structured craft that was using the clouds to hide basically wow because that's the most sensible thing to do isn't it really so do you um, think it, it meant anyway, to interact it, with you then or, or the, yeah i think there. it's always or it well, sometimes I think it was looking for us, but that's ridiculous. But um, I think it somehow, whatever technology they have, whoever they are, um, actually could see us because we were on top of a mountain. There was, you know, this is this is like a mile of nowhere, really. Uh, so when it came towards us and it was like drifting right over the top of us, so literally where I was standing, I had my head as far back as I could get it because I was looking directly up because it was right above us. God, you must have been scared so, at that point. I would have been completely crapping when the pants the if it was me. Yeah. You'd, think so. You'd think so, but no. Because we were all so stunned and awestruck. And I also think that maybe something that they were emitting dampened our behaviour and our, muted our reactions. Um, because we, the children were getting scared. My son had said that a hand had come through the hedge and touched his foot and he... he said it wasn't my imagination I saw it with my eyes mm. and he he's, like his eyes were so massive and his hair was shaking I believed him um but even though I believed him I didn't look I didn't 
say, oh, it's okay. So I just turned to Steve and said, the kids are getting scared. And he said, yeah, come on, let's get them inside. Yeah. So we started walking back down the garden, which is where we found John. And he was like kind of half in, half out of this shed with an axe. And he's chopping into the, the door frame, not into a piece of wood. And this is a wood shed. So he's chopping into the door frame and telling Joseph, this is how we chop wood, right? I think he was just scared yeah. and trying to get his back to the situation. And he'd taken Joseph away from the situation, distracting him. So okay. we all went back into the house. John and Daniel walked straight into the living room, sat down, started watching TV. Yeah. Children went back to the bottom of the stairs and carried on playing just as they had when I got down the, to the downstairs when Steve shouted me. Steve went back to the sink, drying dishes, and I just looked at everyone like they were nuts and <laughs> said, F this, I'm off back outside. Like, yeah. so I, yeah. Can you like, believe I, what just I happened? Off, yeah, like stomped off on my own. Nobody went, no, don't go out there on your own, you idiot. I'll come with you or anything, you know? So I'm walking up the garden and I'm kind of still in this state of disbelief and half amused. And I'm like kind of laughing to myself in a way, like, this is like, whoa, you know? And then I well, What were you going to do when you got the there? Floor. You know, were you going to say where you're from? Who are you? Know, I don't know what you're going to do when you I get to the end of the garden on head. your own. Yeah. No, no, there was nothing like that in my head at all. I was walking up the garden. I seen the sphere on the ground. I shook my head in like disbelief, put my back to it, and then looks back up again at this thing and I'm like, I've kind of got my hands on my hips, like, it's like, now what? You know, like, I'm literally thinking, now what? And I heard this behind me. Oh, and wow. that was when I froze because whatever it was that ran like that with like bare feet on mud, oh. it tugged the bottom of my clothes, like my jumper, oh. and it tugged it oh. to the, when the it was running to so my arm, behind me. <laughs> right next to a wall I'm right next to a wall where did this thing go because if it had run past me that speed it would have gone straight yeah. into that wall yeah. yeah so all I know is I thought run but I was already running by the time my brain had decided that I'd, I, I was gone I'd had this explosion of adrenaline and it felt like my chest exploded and I ran and I could not see I went blind I just couldn't see. Everything was black. I didn't care. I was running. I just had to get away from there. When and you're up in a mountain to... in Wales, when it's cloudy, it's dark, isn't yeah. it? That is like, uh, no, blacker no, than black. No, no, no. I yeah. was blind. Right. No, I was blind. Oh, wow. No, it wasn't because it was dark. I'd yeah. gone blind. Jeez. And they call it hysterical blindness. Yeah. So I'd gone blind. People say, oh, well, when they took your jumper, that was when you went up into the craft and then you just hit the ground running and they are they still had the block on you and you know and then it, the block kind of came off and you could see again oh my, i don't know that <laughs> i can't say that because i don't have any recollection of any of that all so i what, know Sasha, is i heard just... that i felt it and ran wow. so, so that bit where you were saying about having a, a block on you and i mean i suppose all your senses are heightened aren't they when you when you're scared to death what I mean, what was going through your head? Were you thinking, am I, you know, am I going to be taken into nothing, this craft? Nothing, nothing. Or... Just, it's just fear. You don't think anything. You just, it's called flight, and it's an automatic thing. You've got no, there's no conscious um, interaction there. That is purely unconscious. It's just so something takes all I over to tell you get to get to the away. house. Mm. Yeah, just get to the house, and then by the time I got jumped into the kitchen, I could see again. And I said to Steve that something had run up behind me and, and grabbed my, my clothes, or, you know, bumped me and dragged my clothes with him, yeah. with it, whatever. And yeah. uh, he just really calmly looked at the cooker, at the clock, and said, well, you haven't been out there long, so you haven't got any missing time. <laughs> like, that was normal, <laughs> you know, like, oh, my, that was it for me then. That was when everything that was keep holding me together broke. Yeah. And I was a mess. I was like, close the curtains, lock the doors. I, I really wanted to pile furniture up against everything, but I couldn't because I didn't want to scare the kids. Somehow, and I don't really remember getting them to bed, but we got them to bed. I remember when I went to the toilet, I made Steve come with me and walking around the house, literally clutching his T-shirt because I didn't want to let go of him, but I, I didn't want to grab him so he couldn't move. So I was just holding his T-shirt. I was shaking like I've never, in my life, I've never been that scared. 
when we went to bed and I got onto the bed and I wanted to go to the loo again and um, I didn't dare put my feet on the floor because I thought something would grab them and that is like going into some sort of childish state there. You know, I was absolutely terrified. I remember Steve looking out of the window and just shutting the curtains and not saying anything. Like, if they're gone, they'd say it's gone. He didn't, you know. And he, he so must have been scared as well. He must have been trying to just... Yeah, he was, but he really kept it together. He really kept it together. Wow. And, um, you know, he was like... He, he, he's just like that, is Steve, you know. He's been through a lot, and uh, he was just kind of, you know, on... on he, he was aware that this wasn't right. I wasn't aware that this wasn't right. I was just lo- lost in this weird mode. Wow. And, um, and that, that wasn't so, the end of it for you, though, was it? Because obviously that's saying that's the trigger. You've had, you've had stuff that's happened when you were kids, and then stuff's happened yeah. since that for the last 20, 23, 24 years. So yeah, do you think... The semi-regular that, intervals. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And do you think, like, from a kid, it started... Do, 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 you know, do, do these aliens, these people, whoever, whatever's going on, why, why do you think you were chosen? Have you got any kind of thought of what it might be? I don't think it's got anything to do with me in that sense. Yeah. I think that, you know, from from what people say and, you know, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but it does seem to run in families. Yeah. And um, mm. so if it's a familial thing, it didn't start with me. So it's not necessarily personal to me. Yeah. It's just a familial thing. And did you but ask- I don't actually know if that's true. Did you ask anybody in your family and say, have you ever experienced anything like this? Well, my mum's seen UFOs, but we've all had paranormal experiences all our lives. And my mum, she's just like, keep a lid on it. Don't, you know, just keep it in, don't let it out. And I'm like, I can't, I'm bursting with it. Um, But she's had loads of paranormal experiences and seen loads of things. Mm. We've had experiences together like that. We saw that UFO together. Uh, my grandma also said that she saw uh, in 1976 over Kirkstall Road, which is by the um, right by the Oxford yeah. Business Studios, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which where my dad worked all my childhood. Wow. Um, <laughs> she saw a huge gunmetal grey uh, cigar shaped hanging over Kirkstall Road. Same as mine. Yeah, yeah. same yeah. as what you said, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's interesting because even though I'm a bit more sceptical, I don't think I've seen anything. It, it, you know, it's in, I, I've just kind of been reading some stuff around it, and I was saying to Paul that the Israel space officials claim that um, a galactic federation is known to the American government. Apparently, I don't know if you saw anything about that at all. Yeah, I've well, heard that. I'll tell you. Yeah, come on. The only countries that do not disclose are Britain and the USA. All other countries have said there is this is going on. Even the ex-prime minister of the Ukraine was caught on video saying that men in black are real. You know, these UFOs and aliens, they're real. Um, it was a, there was a big hoo-ha about it when it happened. So it's just us, and it's just, like, it's not even a denial now, but... And I also saw something with Sean Ryder, that thing he did about UFOs of the year, because he saw one, didn't he, as a kid, yeah. he's really into it. And uh, it was in yeah, Chile, yeah. and the Chilean government were giving him all the information he wanted, really. Yeah. It was kind yeah. of like, wow. there you go. Yeah, well, he saw one of Manchester, so... That's yeah, right, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> people are seeing these things, even presidents have seen them, and ch- tried to give chase, and... Do you feel that people just sort of see them by accident or you're chosen to see it or, you know, I'm just trying to understand? I don't know because some people just never see anything their whole lives. And whereas we'll go out, we'll have a look at the sky and we'll see something a bit random. Can't really tell what it is because, you know, you're not very close to it and it's dark. But when you're with these people, nothing happens. Mm. (laughs) So you're like, weird. Well, I had one the other week. I was at, I was at a wedding in London, and uh, I'd been talking to some friends about setting this podcast up, and uh, and we were stood outside at the wedding, and the lad I was with went, "What the hell's that?" And we looked up, uh, and there towards London was this big bright orange ball, which just went across for for, for a while with no there was no flashing lights. It was a solid orange ball, and, and at first you're thinking, could it be one of these lanterns? You know, that's the first thing that you think of. And then yeah, suddenly yeah. it just went boom, and shot off. 
again. And then yeah. it was, I think it was January, you'd, you'd seen it in the in the paper uh, a couple of days yeah, later, yeah. and I thought, we'd, we'd seen it, obviously a lot of people over London had seen the same thing. Um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. There was lots of reportings of that one, weren't there? You know, and they'd yeah. all said the same thing. So how, from, you know, different areas of London, so how does that work? And you've had a lot of experiences, obviously, Sasha, and you, 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 you mentioned some of the abductions that I've had as well, because I've seen so much stuff about this. Certain people like this CE5 group who, who suggest that we can communicate across, you know, light years using telepathy with, with alien races, etc. Yeah. I think that, that's a bit of a delusion. Um, yeah. They're already here, and yeah. they're already somehow accessing our thoughts. So... Right. You know, there's some sort of connection there. And uh, the reason that I think that is because sometimes I'll go outside on a night and I'll sit to look at the sky and exactly where I look, exactly the moment that I look, there will be a series of three flashes or one really bright flash. Or once uh, more recently, this star became about as big as a five pence piece and then just popped like a bubble and was gone. And the other thing is that when I went to Bridlington in about 2012, Um, I was in my friend's garden and we saw this little white light travel across the sky from right to left and it got to be above her chimney we were both stood there looking at it and it just blinked out it was gone so that night I grabbed her binoculars and when her and her husband had gone to bed I went outside with the binoculars and I'm looking at the sky and I'm thinking that I can see this light moving (laughs) so I thought I don't know if it's me so I leant against the wall to steady myself and spread my feet so I've got a really good steady stance and I'm watching this light. So I picked a light out the corner of my eye on my right hand side as a point of reference. So I can gauge whether this thing's moving or if I'm swaying or it's the clouds because the clouds can create illusions that these are moving. Yeah. So this light, it got to be about an inch away from my point of reference and the point of reference flew off with it. Now you tell me how that works. <laughs> wow. Out of thousands of stars and hats, thousands of points of light in the sky that I could see, the one that I picked wasn't a star. Now, what is that about? And will we ever know? I don't know. We're speechless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't know what to I've not even seen a shooting star. I literally had a heart attack, <laughs> run in the house, shut the yeah. doors, sat there, hyperventilating, <laughs> shaking. <laughs> like, you, have you, have you not come head? to the conclusion you've got to keep head? away from outside and Honestly, with binoculars? And it, makes you think, it makes you feel insane. Because I bet it does, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, is it had like an effect on you know mental health over the years? Because because <laughs> it's not you know most people or well the majority of people I guess aren't having to deal with that sort of thing. So I, I suppose you got no. to the point where you're not trying to convince anyone now. You're just living with these experiences. No, I don't care if you believe. If you don't believe me, I understand why. Because yeah. it's absolutely crazy talk, and I hear myself saying things sometimes, and I think, oh. Well, I know that I'm not crazy because I have had about 20 therapists and I have tried to convince every doctor that there's something wrong with me. I put myself in a psych ward for seven weeks and they said that I had chronic anxiety or it was chronic generalized anxiety disorder or something. Mm. Yeah. And uh, uh, my adrenal glands were just like full pelt all the time. It was adrenaline. Wow. And uh, because I went through this, I had this panic attack where you know, like uh, kind of having these visual disturbances where the walls felt looked like they were breathing and the floor was moving and felt unsteady on my feet because it felt like the floor was moving. Mm-hmm. And it was all adrenaline. So um, I, I, can't, I can't convince anyone that I'm a crazy person. How, <laughs> how do you feel day to day? How do you feel day to day then when... Well, yeah. now I've learned how to manage uh, myself a lot and um, uh, I hide behind I don't know a lot. Um, and then I also just say, well, it's okay because it's just me. I'm just crazy. That's easy to live with. I don't know is a good place to hide. Because um, it's a big you know, difference between, you know, when you're little and uh, I can remember doing some projects at school where they were saying, you know, what would you ask an alien? And I said, oh, I'd ask him, did they build mm-hmm. the pyramids? Because we've been doing a project on that. And, you yeah, know, yeah. And like when I asked my daughter and I said, you know, do you believe in UFOs or aliens? What do they look like? And she drew like a stick man with a pair of dealer yeah, boppers on the red. Media. That's not a question just... for you, Sasha. If you could be in a safe space with yeah. one of these people, what what would what, what would your question be after all these experiences you've had? Um, well, I'd ask them why they need to do what they're doing. Are they scientists or are they trying to save themselves? 
there's a theory that they're trying to save their race, they were us. Well, I don't believe in time travel because if they're from the future, then all of this has happened already and we're already dead. And this is an edit. And I, I just, that's the only thing that my brain can like yeah. decide. And they can be like, oh no, alternative timelines. Sorry, you've lost me. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got ADHD. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think I'm autistic as well. Yeah. And some things I just can't process. And so I can't get past that. There's a lot to process. Uh, that would blow most yeah. people's minds. To be fair, with the with the greys, I actually think they're more like the bog and they just assimilate life. So they will try and create whatever beings from the new beings that they meet or try, you know, like there's geneticists of some sort. Yeah. There's a theory that they actually created us out of apes and put us on the planet. You know, I, I don't throw that out with the, the baby out with the bathwater on that one because I don't know. Because you've had, you've, yeah. I mean, how many how many abductions do you th you think you've had? The ones that you've about uh, well, four or five. Four or five, and it's kind of when I spoke to you last week about this about you know whether the miners harm or not. I think you you, you don't seem to think that there's a, much positive about it, do you? Well, I don't think there's no people say that they're benevolent and all this lot, and I don't really believe that. Um, I had the greys, one, one of my experiences, I woke up, opened my eyes and saw them. My foot was in the air without any anything suspending it there. And um, they'd cut my foot open from the top of my foot to kind of up to my shin. And it was somehow how wide open, you know, like a big tear shaped. Um, and I could see the skin kind of bunched a little bit was it's pulled, gross. Wow. I could see the entire inside of my foot and the bone that I've got. I've got um, like a, I've got something wrong with my left foot, and basically this growth of bone, this calcium deposit, is kind of um, it's pulling my tendons and stretching things, and it's, it's very, very uncomfortable. Wow. At the end of the mm. day, I just want to chop my foot off. You know, it's awful. And they were bending these this bone. And I was like, well, if they were benevolent while they were in there, they would have sorted it out, but they didn't. So why why am I going to think that there's anything good about what they're doing? They're just curious. No, they just, but I don't know why it is that they pick us, but everybody that I know seems to have telepathy. But then I'm like, mm, is it telepathy because they communicate telepathically? Um, or is that like a psychic ability that, and, you know, that is a consequence of some humans being whatever i don't know the physicality or whatever so um going back to when know. you said sasha sorry about the abduction how did that happen yeah. was it a similar sort of incident where you saw something or do you feel that time stopped or you know were you just asleep in bed i don't how did that well come about the um the one that i had in 2007 in uh end of september it's coming up to the anniversary 29th of september it was and i went to norfolk to see some friends now these yeah. people had met at a ufo conference they were abductees and uh jason always was you know he was 12 he seen somebody talking about abductions and trying to remember them and screamed at the tv and threw something at it and shouted mm -hmm. he's stupid why does he want to know i don't want to remember anything so mm -hmm. after that they tried to get him help and the ufo community is a bit of a mess so the, they did find somebody to help tony darden he was he was a big help but it couldn't whatever you do this stuff it was not going to stop right. and mm -hmm. me being a complete naive idiot um i went down there and you know, they were like, because Jason didn't live in the house anymore and his bedroom was notorious. And this all is your son, churches. Jason, is it? No, 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 this is my friend's son, your Jason. Your friend's son, sorry, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this family that had been abducted before. So they took me under the wing when I came to the UFO community and I went to stay with them. And uh, that night they were like, so um, who's going to sleep in Jason's room? And I just went, I will. You know, I thought, yeah, yeah, there's like... I didn't think anything was going to happen. Yeah. So I went to bed and I woke up because I felt the covers being pulled down and um, I can't have been in the actual bed because of what happened next. But I thought I was in the room, the bedroom the whole time. But what happened was, was the covers started being pulled down and uh, I started to wake up. Then this, I don't know, there's something rubber, just like a big sheet came over the top of me and it like pinned me down and sucked all the air out of my lungs. And um, I was panicking, my legs were kicking, they were free. 
and the next thing I knew I felt cold on my skin and then I felt this cold seep all the way through my body till I felt like my heart freeze and if I'd have had time it all happened so quickly but if I'd have had time I'd have thought you idiot you've come to somebody's house on the internet and now you're being murdered that's how bad it was wow the next thing there's something slashes at my mouth and I take a great big intake of air and then I'm on a dentist chair and all I can remember is blue all around me but I was in a dentist chair and I can see that my arms outstretched my left arms outstretched on a surgical steel table and you don't see anybody you don't see any kind of no I can't see a single person around me all I can see is this equipment so my arm stretched out my arm looks about 20 feet long everything's distorted and weird and I think it was something like ketamine or whatever like everything was just weird yeah um I've got these pins and needles sensation in the tips of my fingers and I look because my head's tilted that way and there's like this little black dog I think it's a dog at first and it's just kind of its teeth that I can feel but there's all this black hair bouncing around and I realized it wasn't a dog because it didn't have any legs and it, it was just this hairy thing and then which I know sounds stupid. If you ever seen that advert nagging doubt with the, I don't know which it is, it's an insurance company. It looked a bit like that right. thing sat in the back, car, back of the car. A bit oh, yeah. like that, anyway. Um, so I'm like trying to say, like, help and trying to get up. I can't really move. My body's all weird and I can't really move properly. I can't get my motor skills together, you know? Yeah. And I'm trying to say, help me, but my voice is so quiet and. I thought, stop trying to move and just concentrate on shouting because you're in a house full of people. If you shout, they will hear you and they'll come and then they'll turn the light on and you'll snap out of this and you'll be okay. This is my rationalization while I'm sat in this chair. And I've seen this thing, this, um, like, um, it looks like a very large gas, uh, a gas meter. You know, they come in two halves. So there's a bit that fits yeah, over yeah. the top. So yeah. there's a lip. It was like that, but in front of the in the in the glass window, it was a graph that's being plotted, not anything like you know your numbers or whatever you'd see on your gas meter. And it was like steel tube, square steel tube uh, stand that it was welded to, and that was plotting a graph. Now I don't know what was going on on my right hand side. I could hear people talking to my right, but my head was tilted to the left. And was it? And you you couldn't tell what they were saying. It was like a mumble, no. was it? Or? just mumbling yeah like quiet you know talking right. to my right and then um yeah so I, I managed to shout help me really loud and then I don't remember anything and that's all that stopped so then the next thing when well, this is where it gets really stupid it's like I'm your worst up, nightmare isn't it? and I'm looking at this little girl in front of me she's about seven she's got blonde hair little pigtails this pretty little dress on little flowers and I've seen behind her a huge this back of something a big reptilian type thing it's got huge broad shoulders it's really really tall i can see all the bones in its uh you know spine mm-hmm. yeah like bump 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 going all the way down and i seen that i couldn't see its face or anything but i knew i kind of knew what it was just from looking at the back of it i went to grab this little girl to pull her towards me and away from that thing and this little girl grinned at me and her teeth were just all long pointed and dry like old bone and her eyes were absolute brilliant gold they weren't like slit pupils like lizards yeah they were round pupils like ours but the eyes were the goldest gold you've ever seen and i seen the pupil contract and like dilate and contract because it got a kick out of my fear i kind of coiled recoiled backwards and looked to my left and seen somebody I can't really pull out the face, but I think it was a guy who was also staying in the house, Ellis Taylor. Um, he's written about it in Dogged Days. Paula Harris, she's written about it, or talks about it, whatever. Wow. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was um, pretty crazy. So the next day I'm going to the uh, Paula Harris conference because I'm doing a review. Yeah. Because I'm writing for UFO Data magazine. As I'm outside, I notice that I've got all these bruises on the back of my hand and every single one of them's got puncture marks in them. Wow. And then my mum rings me oh and she God. went, I've just got to ring you and see if you're all right. She said, I had this awful dream about you last night. She said, it was like you were laid on the sofa covered in sweat or like cling film or something. Jeez. And you were mumbling and you were like completely out of your mind. 
And she said, I saw Louie there, that's my son. She said, he was sat on a steel table. She says, he looked at me like he was looking right through me. He jumped off the table and vanished. Uh, she said, um, somebody knocked at the door in this house and I opened the door and two men came in and one of them had a big black hat on and the other one's skin was blue and knitted. She said, it was so wrinkly, it looked knitted. So, wow. and she said, and they were stood off in a corner talking about you. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> That was not a dream <laughs> for either of us. And no, just, it really happened. My mum was there. My mum was there. My son was there. Yeah. I was there. Like, and what so... did Jason say? Did he say this kind of concurred with stuff that had happened in the past in his room to him? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the reptilians are the ones that have hounded him the whole time. And his mum, you know, um, it, that, I mean, literally, that... When we were all there, there was quite a few people at the house because of this conference. It was a bit of a social get together for everyone. So we're outside and like, look, at the time I was a smoker and we, me and Jason smoked. So we went outside, we were having a cig. Ellis was there and Paul, Jason's dad. And we were just stood looking at Paul's cars because he's got all these mod cars and he's got this big black Mercedes Benz and his um, license plate is MIB, uh, whatever, you know, like you, MIB UFO, yeah, yeah five yeah. or two or whatever. So everyone thinks it was a, one of the men in black cars, but it wasn't. So we were all kind of out there looking at all these cars that he's got. And then this bird, I didn't, I wasn't looking up, but they were looking up and they said it hit absolutely nothing in the sky, fell out of the sky and landed at my feet. All I had was a stunned bird that was flapping about like it'd flown into a window and trying to get its act together wow. again you know you know like it, take a, it takes them a little while to get, come round like it potentially hit it an like invisible that. ship yeah. or something or there was some, nothing something. there I mean I have to believe them I didn't see it happen all I had was yeah. this bird in front of me like what the hell happened <laughs> there this you know what I mean wow. do you know when you talk oh, about yeah. the reptilians or the greys or what is that kind of what have you got names for you know for different people that visit well, other people say that they've got all that information, but uh, that's not anything that I've been told by yeah. them. The only thing, the only information that uh, I've ever been given was um, when I seen a grey in my bedroom doorway, and I open my eyes and I always have the hall light on because I need a little bit of light. I don't sleep in complete darkness. Yeah. And I thought I had a Power Ranger in my doorway, and then <laughs> I was like, ridiculous. He's a biker, like. Like pretty much in my brain, calling myself an idiot for thinking yeah. that I had a Power Ranger in my doorway and thinking <laughs> it was normal to have a biker there instead. So and then I was like, oh, it's not. And then I was just like, no, 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 no. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Go away. Leave me alone. And then I thought, oh no, the kids, shut up. If they hear you, they're gonna come out and and it's between you and them. So I was like, you know, in my head, I was like thinking. He's got a silver suit and a helmet on. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, who's going to believe this? And then it looked right at me. It looked right in my eyes. And then this boom in my head. And it was like warmth. Oh, so all I can say it was like warmth yeah. trickling through my brain. And it basically told me why it wore a suit and a helmet. Its suit it was made of this material and it can bend light around it at a photon level. So you'll never be able to see it. The material. You can't um, detect any temperature changes, and um, the helmet. Oh, and the suit is to protect them from uh, light because they've got a ru very rudimentary system inside them that mm. kind of works like, you know, plants getting their energy from chlorophyll and the, you yeah, know, the yeah. light. Yeah. Similar to that, and um, particularly Blu-ray lights. Blue light is particularly harmful to them, wow. so they wear these suits. At the time, Blu-ray was just, yeah. you know, that was the thinking, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the helmet, it's like, um, because there is a signal being released in the air, emitted, that disrupts their mental patterns. And they have a hive mind. And if they become disrupted, they can become separated from the rest of them um, mentally. So... Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then my friend Paula, who you need to get on, she was told by him how the light eyes work. That's because we think we live in the light, but we don't. We're in dark. We, we only have the light when the sun shines on us. That's right. And yeah. we actually live, we live in black light. 
yeah black light is uv light their eyes they're as they are so that they can see in this black light wow and it absorbs all light you will never if anyone says anything about reflections in the gray's eyes or you see any pictures with yeah. reflections they do not reflect anything they absorb every single bit of light well do you know wow. what sasha this, this has been like so interesting we're gonna to have to get you on again later in the series <laughs> i think because it's... i'm just absorbed and do you know listening. what it is as well you 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 are talking shit you you are so ordinary and so honest and so detailed and, and so down to earth and so down to earth yeah. that it's kind of it doesn't matter to you know to the audience we're, we're, yeah. like I say, we're, we're none of us are here to answer <laughs> You know, facts, we can't prove yeah. anything. All we can do is talk I have about... no message for mankind, though. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a message. And I don't have any alien babies either, so... Oh, come on. Maybe next time we meet. Um, <laughs> but no, I listen... know of, anyway. No way. Well, listen, Sasha, for now, we're going to say thanks because it, it has been brilliant. And I think, Gina... Yeah, we'll... thank you. That was really interesting. Really we interesting more, we? chatting. I think, I think we season. do, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, if anybody else wants to know anymore, I don't know how they can contact yeah. us. Yeah, I'm that would be questions. I live on Facebook, so... So what, um, what's your name on yeah. Facebook? Is it Sasha Christie or...? Yeah, Sasha Christie. Okay, and have you got Instagram or Twitter as well? Infomaniac Housewife for Instagram. Brilliant. <laughs> like it. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm, I'm the Manchurian cantaloupe on um, TikTok. <laughs> the Manchurian cantaloupe. Cantaloupe, yeah, melon. That's what I'll be watching tonight. I'm a super agent. Well, we've still had loads of questions, but obviously we've run out of time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sasha. Give us a shout and I'll come on anytime. Oh, well, we'll we'll want you. Absolutely. All right, Sasha. Thanks very much. We loved it, didn't we, Mammy? We did. We love that. See you later. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, Bye, Sasha. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Y